everyone and welcome to episode 66 phoenix wright ace attorney my name is patrick arthur and i'm joined as always by my co-host james turlings james so after 50 episodes it's been 50 episodes since we've done police noughts we finally return to the visual novel genre with phoenix wright ace attorney now you picked this game this fortnight um so i assume that you have some kind of familiarity with this series beforehand Yeah, so I actually played this game a number of years back and would have picked this game sooner had I not because I kind of wanted to let myself forget all of the juicy details of the game before re-experiencing it. Um, I played the game in about, I'm going to say like three sittings the first time. I was quite invested in the game on my first playthrough and uh, I really wanted to, you know, give it a crack again and have some arguments about its uh, colourful cast of characters with you. Have you played any of the other games or just the first one? Um, So I've made it halfway through the second game a couple of times, but I'm not sure I stop for any particular reason. It's just maybe something comes out that I'm more interested in or I forget. Um, But I have resolved myself after finishing the first game again um, that I'm going to get through the whole trilogy this time. Yeah, see, I'd, um, I've never played an Ace Attorney game at all. This is my very first one. Um, the closest things I've played to this are Socrates Jones, something that I seem to never stop banging on about, which is a, um, it's a philosophy take on Ace Attorney. It's completely free. You need a Flash player to run it because it's Flash. <laughs> I know. I had to uh, download Firefox in order to get it running because I, I played it through recently. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. I, I really enjoyed that, and it kind of was one of the reasons I was interested in this game. And uh, more recently, Paradise Killer, which is not an Ace Attorney game exactly, but I feel it kind of plays out similarly in a lot of regards. It's a um, open world Metroidvania murder mystery where you have to, you know, gather evidence and solve the mystery of a murder. And um, it has a lot of visual novel stylings. And I feel that even though it's, you know, in first person and it's a lot more exploratory, it still took Ace Attorney as a big influence. So I've, I've played the spin-offs of the games, but never the original. So I was pretty excited to uh, to tackle it this fortnight. You're not a huge VN person, are you? No. Um, the only visual novels I've really played are... Police Noughts, of course, which we played for the show. And I've played both the Steins Gates games. Uh, Steins Gate, which was good, and Steins Gate Zero, which was not good. Not good. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Not entirely without merit, but overall not good. I've also recently played Valhalla and... um, the Red Strings Club, although the Red Strings Club less of a visual novel. It's it's not really a genre I'm very much into, even though I do love books. I find that the anime-centric nature of most visual novels is a bit of a turnoff for me. Although I'm sure, as with anime, there are good good ones out there to play and enjoy that I'm just not that are kind of on the fringes of popularity. I'm still trying to convince Pat to play Raging Loop. I um, played that in about four sittings last year in a, a fit. 
I was absolutely obsessed with that visual novel. It was uh, it was fantastic right up until the very end, where I think it uh, drops the ball quite heavily. But I would still uh, highly recommend it as anyone who likes uh, murder mystery style games. Um, I'm a lot higher on these kind of games than you. Uh, I find them very engrossing. Generally, I find myself. You know, with reading, um, I find myself getting distracted easy, but I can just play these games for hours. I think um, I finished playing Ace Attorney 1 again for the show um, about one day into the fortnight, and we have, you know, two weeks <laughs> to play these games. So, uh, you know, I just get stuck there for hours. Um, I think it's, you know, being able to interact a little bit with the game it manages to keep my fidgeting in check. Um, I'm usually, you know... If I don't get to interact with something, I get bored, so I find it difficult to watch movies um, or TV shows for long periods of times. But there's something, you know, it's like the perfect mix of interactivity and, uh, you know, just generally good story. Um, so I, you know, love the love the concept a bit. Yeah, so, so for those who are listening to us for the first time, James and I make up the Retrospectors podcast. What we do every fortnight is we have a deep dive discussion and review of a classic video game, usually at least 15 years old and oftentimes quite a lot older. The key thing that defines our show and our discussions and our reviews is that this is not a nostalgia podcast. We are not here to evaluate this game in the context in which it was produced. We are not here to reminisce on the positive feelings it created when we played it when we were kids or to forgive it for its failings um, because of a product of, you know, not good enough technology or misunderstood design. We strictly want to evaluate in terms of how enjoyable were they to play today. And we found over all of our time playing that there are plenty of games that are still excellent today. And in fact, many of those games are excellent precisely because they have an outdated take on what constitutes design. So it's not to say we're going to say everything's shit. It's more to say that we're not going to, we're not going to go easy on these games that we're talking about. Yeah, and it's not as if uh, nothing has ever passed like our judgment, right? We say games are still great today all the time. This isn't to say, you know, that um, this old game, there's no way, you know, it visually can't match up to some brand new AAA title. That's not what we're about. It's about finding the the true classics among, uh, you know, the many, many games that uh, you have to play. Yeah, so this fortnight we played Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. It's the first Ace Attorney game. Um, it's a visual novel adventure game developed by Capcom Production Studio 4, very catchy development studio name, and it was first released in Japan in 2001 for the Game Boy Advance. So uh, the very first release of this game was only available in Japanese for four years. Um, I understand that there are people working on English hacks slash translations of that GBA game, but it's still in progress. I think the third game is fully translated, funnily enough, but the first game, it's only the first case. So the first mainstream English release came in 2005 when the game was ported to the Nintendo DS, along with an additional case. The game split into cases. There are four cases in the original one, five cases in the Nintendo DS one, and every subsequent game. Um, nowadays, the games are readily available on PC and most consoles, including the Switch, which um, both James and I played on 
uh, this fortnight. Um, I'll just have a quick segue here, James. Um, did you mainly play the game in handheld mode or were you also playing on your TV? Uh, I played exclusively through handheld mode. Yeah, so I, I, d- I did both. And um, I actually pre- preferred having it on the um, on the TV Um but uh, I think I think it works fine both because it's a visual novel and you're just playing a story. You don't have a dexterity issue that you might have with you know trying to handle the switch with a more intensive game. So um, I, I think having the option with novels is nice to be able to swap between at the very least. Yeah, definitely. And I will say that this new port that's on um, I think it's on iOS and on the Switch. Um, has this extra little feature that the older versions of the game don't, namely that during the, I guess, the adventure style part of the game, um, the game will highlight objects that you've already uh, clicked on and investigated, which will uh, save you a lot of time of wondering what you have and haven't inspected yet. So uh, when I originally played through the game, I didn't have that feature. Uh, and I strongly appreciate it this time around. So I would strongly advise if you want to play this game that the newest versions are probably the best ones. Mm-hmm. We, so firstly, we should say, uh, have a note about how we're going to structure this discussion. Um, so firstly, we're going to talk about the game in general terms with no spoilers. This is a visual novel and it's a crime story. So several crime stories. So we do not want to have spoilers because it would be taking away the essence of what makes the game enjoyable. So James and I are going to talk about the game a lot in general terms. We're going to deliver our verdict in a spoiler-free manner. Then we're going to have a big chunk of spoiler discussion at the end and we'll make sure to signpost that. So just want to let everyone know we're not going into spoilers. If you're potentially interested in playing these games, you can feel free to listen for the next you know hour or so and we'll let you know when we go into spoilers. Before we get into the discussion, I would like to spend some time explaining exactly what kind of game Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney is. This is a bit unusual, but but bear with me, everyone. I have this hypothesis that our precise understanding of the kind of game that Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney is can have a huge influence on how you feel about it. And when I was playing this game, it was really conflicting and clashing with my expectations in a whole bunch of ways. And it took me a while to identify why I was feeling like uncomfortable. And I realized it's because I wanted something different or I expected something different from Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney than what I got. And that's not intrinsically a bad thing, but I think it does lead to a particular shade of judgment. So what I want to do with you guys is explain in great detail exactly what kind of game this is when you're playing it and experiencing it. And then I want you to remember that because I'm going to be returning to that idea throughout our discussion and how the nature of the story and the gameplay maybe clash and contrast with the experience of actually playing the video game. So... The game is divided into two main parts. Uh, In the first part, you're gathering clues. And in the second part, you're on trial. What happens is that a crime occurs, usually a murder, although... Is it always a murder, James? Pretty sure it's always a murder, at least in the first It's always a murder. It always is, yeah. Yeah, so you're a defense attorney. You play as Phoenix Wright, a defense attorney fresh out of law school. 
um, and you have a client and you have to defend your client from a murder charge. In the gathering clue sections, um, it's very visual novel style. Um, there are about six areas you can move between. Most areas have a character you can speak to and most areas have things in the background that you can investigate and pick up as pieces of evidence. So what you do is you talk with these characters, you ask them questions to gain information, and sometimes they'll give you evidence. Um, a lot of the people you're interacting with, it's mainly um, witnesses, potential suspects, and members of the police force. So you talk to them, they give you evidence, and they give you statements that relate to what happened. Um, there are no dialogue tree interactions. You're simply running down a checklist and they're telling you everything. Um, sometimes you need to give them a piece of evidence to get them to relinquish a piece of evidence back to you as well. Um, the way these events work is that they're strictly linear. So you need to interact with a character, um, find the piece of evidence that you need to present to them to get a piece of evidence back. Like, for example you might need to present a driver's license that you found on the on the scene of the crime to get an autopsy report back, for example. Um, and then once you have exhausted that character's dialogue and got everything you can from them, when you move into a new area, an event will trigger, a character will appear, and you can have a new set of conversations. So this gathering clues section is very linear. Um, the other part of it, apart from talking to characters, is of course inspecting the environment, usually crime scenes, and you can gather evidence that way. Like you might find the murder weapon, or you might find a blood trail, and or a ticket stub with a time on it. And that gets added to our evidence catalog as well. So this is just a very um, essentially linear section with very little gameplay. You're just... Uh, going through the motions. Um, you're just moving from area to area, talking to every character, gathering every piece of evidence. You can't miss any pieces of evidence. You can't miss any pieces of dialogue. You just go through it in a row. That's the first part of the game. So at this point, you'll have a file and it'll have a bunch of different pieces of evidence in it. And then you move to the trial part of the game. So the trial part of the game is you're a defense attorney. And what always seems to happen is the prosecution will call a witness. The witness will give a testimony, which is a series of four to eight statements, uh, four to eight sentences in a row, where they described where they were and what they saw. Um, and then you get given the option to contradict those statements by presenting a relevant piece of evidence to the statement they're making. So they might say, um, I remember the time exactly, it was 12.15 but you have a ticket stub that you found on the on the ground, which was from the time the murder took place. It says 11.55. So you present that ticket stub to that piece of evidence and boom, you've got a contradiction. At this point, the witness will either revise their testimony or they'll have a mental breakdown and be forced to admit the truth. Um, the important thing to note here is what you're not doing. So you're a lawyer, but you're not creating a case. You're not linking pieces of evidence to one another. You're not doing anything gameplay-wise except pointing out specific contradictions with the person's testimony. Apart from that, for the most part, you're just clicking along and seeing what happens next.
So that seems to be a um, a fair description of the game. James, is there anything critical I've missed or do you think I've covered most of what needs to be covered? That's about it, Pat. Like some of these cases go on for multiple days. So you'll do investigation, day in court, investigation, day in court, um, up to three days. So there'll be, you know, a bit of back and forth between these two types of gameplay. But for the most part, yeah, the game's mostly a linear narrative with you having, you know, uh, control over how it... Pr- not how it progresses, but more like when it progresses. Like, um, you'll usually, you know, the narrative will stop, prompt you, and you'll have to guess the right thing in order for it to continue, basically. Yeah, so I, I know I've spoken for a long time, but I want you all to keep this in mind as our discussion goes on this episode. That is what it is like to play the game. It is mostly linear with very limited gameplay. That's the that's the key thing. And your role as a lawyer is mostly to is your role as an active participant in these trials and in these gathering clues section is fairly limited mm. just keep that in mind because i think that my expectation of what this game was like based off the story um affected my affected my experience going in and i wouldn't want that to happen to anyone else so we so we've spoken about the game in a kind of like cold mechanical sense but I think there's something that's equally important to understand is the style of presentation um, that Ace Attorney is going for. Ace Attorney isn't like a serious take on, you know, the judicial system, right? These these court cases are like wild and zany with a whole range of colorful characters, right? This isn't the, you know, the strictly business, you know, courtrooms of the real world. Ace Attorney is, you know, above all else, like a drama, right? It's a wild roller coaster of a game um, where, you know, you start every single case with the odds completely stacked against you. And, you know, through a whole bunch of highs and lows, you end up at the the solution to the crime, right? Um, I think that Ace Attorney is a game that does a really good job of dramatizing its events. And that that's kind of what I want to talk about, right? Like, this is a game that's about spectacle, right? It's a style over substance game. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, everything in this game is exaggerated. And like you said, the game has no real interest in presenting a reasonable legal system, um, <laughs> even remotely. Um, and obviously, uh, I assume Japan's legal system is very different from Australia's where we live. Um, and, you know, the Australian, British, Canadian Commonwealth School of Law. But I do not believe it is this different from uh, <laughs> with uh And there are lots of silly, impromptu, I guess, procedural changes over the course of the game that make zero fucking sense. And, you know, there's this whole thing where trials can only last three days long and if and you need to have a bit because there are too many crimes but also at the same time like the the trial is always held like the day after the murder right like there's immediately so, afterwards yeah, yeah there's so many crimes and yet there's always time to fit in one the very next day now i I I do have something to say about this though, and it's not all positive because I accept that if you're going to convert a courtroom into a video game, you can't just have a courtroom. You do need to take some liberties, and I think the three days thing, for example, is a really good way to do that. But I do think that something is lost when you decide to go just silly balls to the walls comedy because the game also tries to tug your heartstrings a bit. I think that there are 
dramatic moments or attempts to create dramatic um, emotional moments over the course of the game as well. And for me, I didn't give a shit because the whole world was so... so it, it, it did a really good job of being fun and funny and silly, but I don't. I was not convinced by any emotional dramatic moment at all throughout this entire game. And I think as the game continues, it tries to lean more and more heavily into those moments. I think the game succeeds um, at that at a couple points in the game. I also think it absolutely fails. I think we'll talk about this more in the spoiler section, but... Um, I largely agree. I think this game is at its best when it's trying to be like um, unpredictable and wild. Like when the cases are just, you know, going full bore ahead and it's twists and turns, like one moment you think you're, you know, you've got it over the prosecutor and then suddenly like there seems like there's no way you can possibly win this case and it just ping pongs between these two states, you know, quite rapidly during the trials. I think that's um, the peak of Ace Attorney. Um, Tell me, Patrick, does this, uh, does this, these wild ping-ponging back and forth courtroom battles, does this work for you? Because for me, I can't get enough of this stuff, right? Like, I love the twists and turns of the trials. I think that the rapid fire switching of mood and tone, um, and, you know, what's going on in the case is excellent and super engaging. Like, they never linger on things too long for me. And there's always, you know, so much more than you expect is going to be in each case um, compared to what, you know, when it seems very clear cut against the defendant to begin with. I agree with you. And I actually would say that these are just straight up excellent. Like, they're not just good. I think they're really, really well written. Um as you said, you get all of these really cool revelations as the story goes on, and there's always an additional layer to unpeel. However, there is a big structural problem here, and this is returning to, I guess, my introduction on the kind of game it is, which is that a lot of these plot twists and turns and how the story unfolds is very reminiscent of um, an Agatha Christie novel or a Sherlock Holmes story where there's a private detective uh, investigating a crime scene and uncovering things bit by bit. And I would say not very reminiscent of a lawyer attempting to defend their client. And I think that the way in which the way in which there's not a whole lot of gameplay to this game, the way in which you're mainly a spectator to the spectacle, reinforces that feeling further. Because not because when I read an Agatha Christie book or I read a Sherlock Holmes book, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. I know there are people who can like figure out what the red herrings and everything are. I have never been that person. I read the book and I enjoy the journey I'm being taken on. And I think that Ace Attorney's identity as being a lawyer defending their client kind of stands in the face of the kind of experience you have, which seems to be more the kind of things that would happen with a private detective investigating a mystery. I kind of agree. It is a bit weird. And there is like this large element of suspension of disbelief, like something that happens all the time. Um, is that you'll be investigating the crime scene and like specifically the detectives will say there are no lawyers allowed here and you'll just repeatedly be let into these crime scenes for no reason um, and you can grab evidence that isn't presented to the court beforehand and this kind of stuff that's just utter nonsense but to be honest I think 
the game is better for all of this stuff. Like, I think that these very large deviations from reality allow the game to exist as is, right? Like, I think there could be a game that could be, you know, non-linear um, and have you defending your client as, as an attorney, but many of these stories kind of rely on this very tight writing with all of these, like, clues that interlock back on one another and get used in multiple interesting ways. And I think that when you have a game that's less linear, you can't have that kind of tight narrative. So uh, for me personally, I don't really mind this at all, to be honest, and it's not really a problem for me. But I, I see what you're saying, um, but I think I just like it the way it is. Yeah, I... I think it is a problem. Um, it's not, you know, like, I hate this game because of it, but it did strike me the wrong way. So Paradise Killer, that game I mentioned before, is a crime-solving game with an almost completely open-ended structure. There are gates to your progress, but when you get to the island that you're on, you can kind of do whatever the hell you want, and I think it really works effectively. I think a more reasonable solution than having an open-world Game Boy Advance game, <laughs> if you wanted something, sim you know, a bit, a bit more um, reasonable, would be to control two characters, um, controlling a detective and then a defense lawyer, and then have those two characters work together and have kind of like over, you know, uh, they've all both got their areas of responsibility and they communicate and pass information. And then in the gathering clues section, you play as the, um, as the detective and then you play as the lawyer. Um, in the end, this was a significant clash and it was a significant problem for me. Um, does that mean that intrinsically it's not enjoyable? No, because like I said, as long as you're willing to, as you said, suspend your disbelief and like just go with the flow, it ends up being enjoyable. Like it is enjoyable, but it is kind of a load of nonsense on some level and it still irritates me. And I think that even though this idea hasn't necessarily been executed uh, or iterated on a whole lot, that doesn't mean that it can't have been done better. And I think that... um. It rubbed me the wrong way. And I, I'm I'm curious to see if the modern Ace Attorney games, because I know there's like six, ever revised this structure at all. I have some structural problems too, actually. I think that idea of having multiple characters does make more sense. I think that's fine. To me, like, that's like an improvement, but I don't care enough about that, to, you know, that it would make me enjoy the game more, I don't think. Um mm -hmm. My biggest problems uh, in this game come basically from the investigation parts. So with the trials, um, when you're, you know, because what will happen is the witness will give their testimony and you'll be scrolling through each sentence one by one and you can either press them for more information about that particular sentence or you can present a piece of evidence to contradict that sentence. Um, these bits I find to be quite engaging because I'm constantly like trying to read between the lines of every single little bit and try to figure out like which piece of evidence contradicts which piece. And the, the pieces of evidence you have can be quite complex. Like there can be a, a photo with a timestamp that will get used like four different ways throughout the case. It can be really clever sometimes. Um, and these parts are really engaging to me. I, 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 I think... To me, like, the trials are basically all brilliant. Um, the problem for me comes with the investigations during the day. Um, 
the closest thing I would compare these two is more like a point and click adventure game um you know like we did siberia earlier in the year you know you walk around you look at things you try to use something in your bag of goodies on something and then the person says no i don't want to look at that and you kind of like frustratingly get stuck in these loops where you don't know what to do so you just try to click everything on everything until it works um that was an experience i had a lot um in this game i felt like even though I had played this game before, there were times where I got stuck in circles, like not knowing how to progress until eventually I looked up a walkthrough. Um, this was particularly annoying in the third and final case. I found this happened a lot to me. Um, and even more annoyingly than that um, is that I think because the trials are so high octane with, you know, drama and crazy things happening, these like low key conversations are just kind of boring um in comparison like i felt i always felt like i wanted to be back in the trials whenever i was in these investigation segments i um hated the gathering clues section of this game yeah. and james i have a confession to make um in i was literally in the second case when i decided fuck this and from that point onwards whenever i got to the gather clues fa phase i had a walkthrough up and i just followed the walkthrough because i I do not believe that a game that has... I hate this idea of finish this and then we'll trigger the next event. When you when you you know present this piece of evidence to this person on the opposite end of the trailer park, that's going to trigger this person appearing in the police station that you can talk to, or this will trigger this person appearing in the witness interrogation room, and you can speak to them. And until you do that, you can't go any further. The game is linear. The gameplay of presenting the correct object to the person is unenjoyable. I just think you should be able to mash A and it should do it all automatically. If it's not going to do that for me, I'm going to just look up a walkthrough and skip it all because I think it's a waste of time. I will say it's not as bad as Police Noughts, but it is still bad. Yeah, I think that basically all of these sections would be way better if... So there's something you can you can constantly go back to your office and talk with your assistant and one of the things you can talk to is like what do you think I should do and it's just one set response um and it never changes during the day I feel like if you could go back there ask her what to do and she would tell you yes you should click on this thing that would make things a lot less frustrating or if you just yeah a hit system right yeah or if they just told you like I feel like I never, ever, 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 ever felt smart or rewarded or good about finally figuring out what the next thing to do was. Like, I was just like, thank God. Um, I've been walking around for ages and now I know what to do. It's not super terrible. Like, there was only, like, maybe two pretty annoying spots. There was this one in particular where one day there is this piece of paper scrunched up under someone's desk um, that they're standing in front of um, and there's no way for you to know that there's something there unless you really like are super looking hard or look up a walkthrough that was really bad I don't know I, I, I don't quite I really don't like that your progression is gated on knowing what to do and it's kind of hard to know what to do sometimes um, the other thing that annoys me is that I think a lot of the time the characters' brains drop out of their heads during these investigations in order to make the trials better. Like, oftentimes you'll find a piece of evidence 
And the way that this evidence is relevant to the case is super obvious to any player that's like paying any attention to the game, right? And then the characters will be like, I have no idea what this could be, but I'll keep it just in case it's important. Just so later in the trial they can be like, oh, this is what this is for. Like, it's it's kind of like annoying. It's like they could have this like holy shit moment when they find this important piece of evidence during the investigations, but no, they've moved this like excitement into the trial and thus made the already kind of shitty investigations more shitty. I don't know. I just that happened all the time. Um and I think it's quite annoying. Like in general, I agree with you, Patrick. I think the investigation segments are quite bad. Yeah, and this links into once again this broader issue issue of um earlier i talked about the gameplay aspect of it which is that the witness gives their testimony and you cross um you cross examine them at no point are you like here is my file of evidence that i have linked to things and i can bring this up and i've got the spreadsheets and different things linked to different witnesses there is none of that so when you're in this gathering clues section you're not gathering clues to try and build a picture of what happened. And like James said, uh, you'll discover pieces of evidence that are obvious what they are, but you'll also discover pieces of evidence that are seemingly irrelevant, that have nothing to do with anything. Um, There was one in particular in case three where I was like, what are you doing? That has nothing to do with anything but they pick it up anyway and put it in their inventory because it's something that's going to be triggered down the line. And this sort of stuff was common. Uh, You don't have a big picture idea of what you're trying to achieve at any point in this game. Yes, you're trying to defend your client because they're innocent and you believe them to be innocent, but you're not trying to construct a narrative of this is what happened you're kind of going along with it. It's like reading an Agatha Christie novel. You're going along with it in the moment and you're waiting for the grand deduction at the end. You are not a lawyer building a case. And yeah, it it all ties back to that for me. This gathering clues bit feels very bitty and the game feels very bitty. And sometimes those bits are enjoyable, but in the gathering clues section, none of it is enjoyable. Yeah. One extra third thing that makes gathering information annoying is that you'll, in your, you know, in your menu, you'll have a list of places that you can go. It makes sense that you can only select adjacent rooms to travel to. But when you have a large area um, with many, many rooms, this gets really old really fast, especially when you repeatedly need to walk from one end of a building to another. It just feels like it's wasting your time. This is particularly bad in the third and fifth case, um, which have some quite big crime scenes, uh, and you will be traveling around wondering where to go a lot. Uh, I just wish that the whole... You know, the whole place was available, the whole list was there full and you didn't need to go one by one. I, By the end of the third case, I was like, oh my god, let me get back to the trial. Whereas in the two proceed, like the one preceding it, I didn't mind so much. It wasn't as like exhausting feeling. It was just really tedious, right? My my, Well, it was less tedious for me because I was just literally reading off a walkthrough. And that is my serious advice to you if you're playing this game. When you get to the gathering clues section, just pull up a walkthrough and follow it. 
And maybe that's blasphemy for you, to you, but for visual novels where you're basically just enjoying a story and there is no choice and there is no failure state, you just need to go along with it, just do it. It will improve the experience dramatically and then you can get onto the good bit of the game. Yeah, I I largely agree here. I don't think there's any gameplay during the clue gathering that was worth, you know, all the bits that kind of suck, to be honest. Um, Patrick, do you want to have a music break? Uh, yes, James, let's uh, let's have a music break. And um, f- wh- the way we do our music, the way we get choose which tracks we do, is that whoever shotguns a particular track first gets to pick it for their song. And normally we do it, you know, the day before, maybe maybe the night before if we're particularly keen. I picked my music probably a week and a half before the episode aired because I loved this particular track so much. And the one I picked is uh, it's just called Questioning Moderato. Um, there are two questioning themes, but it's the music that plays as you're um, cross-examining a witness. And I just think it's perfect. It's very simple, like it's very a very simple, simple track that plays as you're as you're you know thinking and questioning these, um, and questioning these statements, but it just perfectly captures the tension of the situation, and really informs the mood and atmosphere in a way that far outweighs its simplicity. I would go so far as to say that without this music it would lose its atmosphere and it would not be nearly as enjoyable an experience. So this is this is my favorite track. Um, and I mean, in general, all the courtroom music is fucking excellent, but this one in particular really spoke to me. Uh, this is Questioning Moderato. questioning moderato and patrick i gotta say i also really like the music of this game it's not used in a way that i guess we're that familiar with here on the show like this music changes a lot right like almost every other sentence i feel the music changes in order to set the mood and boy does it set the mood there are seriously tense pieces when you're on the edge or when something is a bit threatening and there's pieces when you know you finally cracked the case and everything's going your way yeah and there are these triumphant sounds playing in the background as you raise your objection gloriously uh Ace Attorney sets the mood brilliantly with its music, uh, and I think that it is a large part of why the trial sections are so enjoyable. I would play the game on mute during the investigation sections. You know, just be lying in bed, you know, game on mute, you know, usually at like 11pm at night, not really really caring, using a walkthrough on my phone. I would get to the trial section. I would put the volume on because I did not want to play the trial scenes without the music. The um, the music during the investigation parts of the game, I don't 
care for at all. It's just more generic, you know, music. Don't really like it. But honest to God, the trial music is some of the best music in a video game I've ever experienced. And I'm not exaggerating. Like, it's very simple. But if you want a case study in how music can elevate a gaming experience, I think this is one of the best. The, the game playing with the music on versus not music is a completely different experience. And I got I to gotta tip my hat to it. It's wonderful. I, I love the music in this game. So the way, um, the way the music stops, like when you raise an objection or like when you yell, hold it, uh, when Bertrand says <laughs> it's great, it knows when to play it. It knows when to stop it too in order to build suspense. Mm-hmm. Like there'll be these moments where it just stops the, pl- it stops the music playing for like, two seconds while phoenix slams his hands on the table for you know a second and then does nothing like the the game knows how to build suspense with like everything um on that note can we quickly dive into the animation in this game i've played a lot of visual novels and something that they all tend to do is that they have a bunch of characters all with very you know static character sprites you know there'll be a character who has uh, a sprite for when they're happy, when they're sad, when they're depressed. You know, they'll have a drawing to convey, you know, one of different moves. Ace Attorney goes a step beyond this, um, and it has, like, a lot of animations that play. They're not big animations, mind you. Most of them are only, like, two or three frames long, right? This game was made with a shoestring budget on the Game Boy Advance, so. I think that they did an absolutely brilliant job of squeezing every last bit of personality uh, out of these, like, three-frame animations and character poses. Like, to me, out of all the visual novels that I've played, I think this one's character sprites are the best by far. Like, even something simple like Phoenix, you know, objecting and raising his hand in his iconic pose has this, you know, this single frame of animation where he has his hand near his waist before he snaps it out to point. With that in the screen shake, it just adds, like, so much character. Um, And I think that this absolutely holds up still. Like, I felt like... Uh, they knew, you know, how to create a lot uh, with very limited sprite work. Uh, I'm just always blown away when I play this game. See, James, I think you're completely wrong. I think that really? this is something I'd cite as a major criticism of this game and something that I would cite as a major criticism of the visual novel genre in general, which is that a limited section of character sprites is a very simplistic and poor way to represent a human being uh to say that someone alternating between five different emotional states or being portrayed in five different ways and the way they dramatically shift between them all is a good way to portray nuanced character i think is a very flawed way to look at things well i'm not Um, claiming they're trying to portray nuanced characters right these characters are all over the top and like uh, quite zany to be honest like i think that this is a fair criticism when you're trying to uh critique i guess the characters with more nuanced takes like you said before right you didn't think that this game did a very good job of hitting those emotional high points for you um and i think that's fair um but i think for the the cast of characters that this game has it does a pretty good job of you know with the sprite work i disagree i think that 
whether your characters are nuanced or complicated or not, trying to portray them with five frames, you know, five different frames of animation is absurd. Um, an episode of Looney Tunes is going to have your characters going through hundreds and hundreds of different versions of that character's animations as they're reacting and feeling to different situations. Ace Attorney instead has these wild oscillating differences where a character is fine and then all of a sudden they'll be bent over as if they're in physical pain, their hand on the desk. And it just immediately jumps from one to the other. When you're reading a book and you you can you can bring so much of your imagination to the characters. When you're watching a movie, you get to see the full range of a character. Um, when you're playing a CRPG, you get lots of lines of dialogue um, and uh, expository text that explain the situation. Having a these dramatic changes, to me, does not work for me at all and is a big reason why these characters don't work for me and is a big reason why anime ticks me off in a lot of ways in its portrayal of characterization. I do not want five frames per character and have those the characters be defined with those, you know, those key frames. I need something so much more. You don't think there's any nuance to these? Like, you know, just that one animation is like two frames of Phoenix slamming the desk and then slowly looking up, you know, at the at the at the defendant or the witness. I, I think that you're underselling it a lot, but I think that a lot of the characters get a lot of personality out through their very limited animation, and I think that it's really impressive to me um, how much they squeeze out of there with just like a single frame of like like, like a single suspense frame, you know, in a lot of these. Maybe, maybe it's weird. Maybe you're right. Maybe. I should expect more out of a game, you know, when I'm playing it in 20, 2021 um, on my Switch. But for me, it still absolutely does the job. Yeah, so I will say that I think that uh, the what you're saying about, like, a few frames of animation, like the tapping on the clipboard or whatever it is that Phoenix Wright does, I do enjoy that, and I think that's well done. I just think that as a expression of characterization, it's intrinsically limited. And I don't, one of the reasons I don't like visual novels is because of how these characters are expressed with these key frames. So consider this more of a criticism of visual novels as a, as a medium than as a criticism of specifically Ace Attorney. It could very well be, as you say, that Ace Attorney um, stands shoulder to shoulder with other visual novels. I just don't like it. I mean, what I'm trying to get across is that most visual novels have these very very static poses right this game you know tries to make the characters a lot more dynamic and i think that that makes it better than most visual novels yeah and and the thing is i'm unfamiliar with this genre so you i i'm not disbelieving you and for those who are engaged with it i mean they should listen to you i'm just saying that on a fundamental level this is not a good way to depict characterization and i I'm always going to want more animation than what is shown here. And I really strongly dislike the rapid way in which the characters switch their keyframes from one emotion to another with nothing in between. It's so exaggerated. It's so over the top. Like I said, there's nothing subtle about it. Would you say that that doesn't suit the style of game that it's going for? Yeah, and this is the thing. That's the problem. In crime dramas and in 
murder mysteries and in law and order, you don't have the characters wildly oscillating between emotions. They're trying to cover up lies. There's uh, there's a lot to be appreciated in terms of acting performances and subtlety and nuance in performance. And, you know, when you're reading these books, it's exactly the same. It's a complicated puzzle to solve. Ace Attorney does not have that at all. And it, it ticked me off. I'd kind of go in the opposite direction, to be honest. Like, Ace Attorney doesn't know the first thing about subtlety, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, this is a game about exaggerated characters and exaggerated situations, you know, acting in, you know, crazy out there ways with these, you know, these insane cases that could never happen in real life. Um, to me, like, I guess, like, I understand that you don't like it, but it's like, it's it's great for me, right? Like, I love this kind of thing. Um, did you want to talk about the court cases in more detail then? Um, you said that you thought they were pretty good on the whole. Absolutely. And as we've kind of alluded to, this is definitely the best part of the game by far. Like, uh, you, we were bored in the story sections, but we were bored because we knew how good these trial sections are. I think that, um, there is, uh, I guess the first thing I want to talk about is just how fun it is to challenge witnesses' testimonies. Um, James and I both enjoy puzzle games, and the Ace Attorney games in these gameplay sections are basically puzzle games, and it's a really fun puzzle to solve. The um, the witness will give four to eight lines of testimony. Some of them are irrelevant, some of them are very relevant indeed, and some of them you need to press them in order to cut to the most relevant piece. And then you'll have your inventory that's filled with 15 pieces of evidence a lot of which are relevant to different pieces of testimony. So it's not easy to figure out where the contradiction lies. And going back and forth between the statements and going back and forth through your evidence until you land on that crucial contradiction is a really enjoyable puzzle to solve. And I think for the most part, it works really well. It's really weird, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, this is the same kind of... Like, if you talk about it from, a, like, a high-level point of view, like, mm -hmm. finding the right object to use on the right thing is the same thing from the investigation cases or in any adventure game, but it's just so much more fun here for some reason. Um, I think a large part of that is that a lot of these are very logical, right? Like, you can work it out. Uh, and in 90% of the cases, I reckon, you know, you absolutely can work it out on your own. And... While you're not doing anything mechanically in the game, that level of engagement where you're like constantly reading between, you know, the testimony lines and constantly going through your inventory and trying to figure out which bit goes where is really fun because, you know, there isn't a lot of tedious busy work. You just get to look at the screen and think about it, right? There's no walking about from point A to point B and wasting time. You know, everything's just there in that one screen for you. So I think that, uh, you know, for me, I, I also really enjoyed this a lot. It's also just conceptually simple. I mean, one of the things I said is that you don't have this big case file with all of the potential suspects and everything linking together. And if you did have that to be in the interest of fairness, you could get drowned. Like you could get drowned and confused and lost and not really know what to do because you've got, you're trying to juggle the entire case in your head at a time. The way Ace Attorney works is you're doing literally one witness's testimony at a time. So it's simple and it's focused, but still challenging and 
nuanced and detailed. So, yeah, it it's just well done. And I have read criticisms of this game, and at a couple of times it happened to me as well, where I would argue that, you know, it should have accepted a contradiction that I identified maybe too early on, or I thought it was too obscure a connection between two things. But the truth is, like you said, James, it works out 90% of the time. And I think that expecting a puzzle like this that's this complicated to literally always work exactly as you hope when you're basically using your your brain to draw logical connections is too much to ask it works mostly um i had like you i had to look up a walkthrough a couple of times and i was fine with that and i was very satisfied like i i think that uh this is some of the best puzzle gameplay we've done on the show Mm. something that really adds to it for me is the strength of the writing of the actual cases like the way in which they unfold some there were so many points where when i realized which was the correct piece of evidence to present it was like a holy shit moment or you know sometimes something would happen in the courtroom and you'd be like wait a second this piece of evidence that i thought i had already used to its full potential is even more important than i originally thought like the game loops back on itself a lot and lots of stuff that's foreshadowed at the start of the case becomes relevant again later in really cool ways um Mm. i think that if it was just simple logic puzzles um, and not this crazy wild ride um, of you know figuring out how the case comes together it wouldn't be as enjoyable as it is like i think that all of the cases do this really cool thing where they at the very start of the of the case they present a very clear-cut picture where it seems like there's no possible way that your defendant could be, you know, not guilty of this murder. And by the end of the case, everything's been, like, completely flipped on its head, like, several dozen times. Um, And I think they do this excellently um, throughout the majority of the cases. Um, I will contest that first bit where you said where there's no possible way it could be anyone else. I think that the police and the judge and everyone in this game is very quick to rush to conclusions with insufficient (laughs) evidence. And I think it happens all the time. So I think that while you get presented with a mystery as to how this happened, I think in a lot of cases it is... (laughs) It is very clear that you're the person you're defending is not guilty and they would not be convicted on, under any reasonable court. Well, let's start with, and we'll just give you the premise of this case. Um, there is a character, like the, the case starts um, with this scene on, in the middle of a lake um, and there are two Let, characters Let's not do that one. Boat. No, Let, let's not do, that one. Let's do one of the the first first three. I think are more the ones that came to mind. I I don't think the first three cases. I think that one is more interesting. But in the first three cases, I don't think there's any reasonable way you would say, "Yep, this person definitely committed the murder." <laughs> I think um I think the other two are more well constructed. Okay, maybe 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 it was just the last two that I was thinking of um that yeah. do this brilliantly. <laughs> um, I think the the tutorial case very fairly tells you who it is right at the start. I didn't um, like that. You didn't like that? No, I mean, what's... I don't... I, I really dislike that. I was like, why? 
the, the, like it just removes the mystery completely kind of does i guess i get it's a tutorial so i'll forgive it for it but uh yeah i mean on the whole how did you like the way you know the twists and turns the the drama the the crazy revelations did that all work for you in this game yeah so so basically i think that um i enjoyed these stories more when they were self-contained so I actually enjoyed the first three stories a lot more than the later two. Really? Uh, well, okay. So, so in ter- like in big picture wise, I I enjoyed the first three more because <coughs> it still felt like we were in a somewhat reasonable court system where I was a lawyer and I was working against. I was a defense lawyer and there was a prosecuting lawyer and there was a case. Um, Big picture wise, as we moved into case four and five, it started to descend into this weird nonsense realm where it became very clear that this was not law courts at all. That being said, when I started to come around to this idea of this is a visual novel and I'm along for the ride, I still very much enjoyed them in the moment. Like, Mm. I enjoyed these stories as stories, but... I enjoyed the earlier cases because they felt more like criminal cases, I guess. And I've got an attraction to that, you know, to that procedural process. Okay. See, to me, I think the cases get better and better. Like, I think they ascend perfectly. I think every case is better than the one before it um, in Mm -hmm. this game. With the final one being, like, really crazy. Um, I loved it to bits and the the one before it... um, I think the game's at its best when, you know, the twists and turns come out of nowhere and then there's this there's this thing in the last case, which I won't spoil, but it kind of it kind of traps you, like you think you're doing the right thing, and then all of a sudden everything like you think you're presenting a certain case and then you realize like you've actually done something else it's it's really awesome i I think that the later two cases are great for that kind of thing like um yeah i I, and i want to say i don't i don't disagree like i think they're like i said it's like a well-written detective novel like it's really enjoyable being taken on this journey it's just at some point it stopped being about you know, a lawyer defending that client in a lot of ways for me. Like it, it, it moved into being, it morphed into being something else. And I think that I preferred being a lawyer defending my client. And once again, this might be an issue with my expectations. And this is why I brought up that point at the start, right? I came into this game and I'm like, okay, I'm a lawyer and I'm defending my client and that's what I'm doing. And when it started to move out of that realm it kind of it, it kind of shattered my disbelief a little too much. I'm like, okay, I guess I guess it's all just silliness now, and we're just doing whatever the hell we want in terms of procedure to uh to get to the truth or whatever it is we're doing. And part of me cannot let go of that. Another part of me is like, well, it's fun and it's enjoyable, and these twists are cool, and I'm enjoying that. But that other part of me just can't let go completely. And this is the this is the struggle I'm having, James. Like, and this is why I brought up that thing at the start. Because I feel torn between my expectations and understandings of what seems to be happening and the experience I'm getting. Can you tell me what exactly you thought the gameplay was going to be like? Like, did you have 
any notions of what it would entail before going into playing the game? I, I think the big thing is this notion of the meta plot. Because as you're playing through Ace Attorney, um, it's not just the... You're not just a lawyer defending a client. You're kind of getting bits and pieces for broader story beats. And it seems like pretty much every single character you interact, whether they're the opposing lawyer or the police officers or the various people who don't, would it, or, you know, your assistant, they all seem to have involvement in this meta plot, uh, you know, usually about a crime that was committed 20 years before the crime you're currently investigating. And I think that that stuff was the big thing that blindsided me, that and the the constant wrapping back to those older story beats. I thought each case would just be a self-contained thing. It's like, okay. here's, I'm defending this person in this case, and I liked that idea more than this more twisted thing where everyone knows everyone and everyone was involved in everything, and it's all this big history that you don't know about that you're kind of learning about as you're proceeding through the current trial. Interesting, because to me, narratively, the weakest case is the third one. Um, yeah, that which, one's my favorite. Which to me had the the least um, narrative involvement to the rest of the game, right? Like I felt like in every other case, I was interacting with a character that was important to the meta plot. And because of that, I felt more engaged with those characters. Like out of all of the defendants in all of the cases, I cared the least about the one in case three because he had no connection to anyone. He was just some guy. Um, and, you know, maybe one of the characters saw him on TV and they liked him. Um, but that's not enough for me. Um, for me, the case number four worked so well because of everything that had happened up in the game prior to it. Like Case number four I thought was the stupidest. <laughs> it was the best. Yeah, I, it's kind of hard to talk about this without going into spoilers, but I, yeah. I think big, big picture, I didn't like the meta plot stuff. Like, I felt like every time we delved into that, it started to develop into nonsense in terms of like, not not nonsense, but it seemed like we were moving away from the procedures of the courtroom um, into some weird other realm where, you know, defense lawyer and prosecution are working together and shit shit like that was happening in those later it was cases so good that happens, yeah, I, I, that happens during your favorite case like right at the end it's hard to go yeah, into it without spoilers yeah yeah but case three was just like there was no weird shit going on it was just like an enjoyable mystery and the plot twists weren't some revelations about a character's past it was a revelation which changed the context in which you understood what had happened and that's what i really liked i liked it when um when we were changing our understanding of a crime scene not when something happened and it all of a sudden spawns what seems to be an entirely different trial if <laughs> if you know what i'm getting at yeah. like and and, and <laughs> once again this this would work fine in a murder mystery thing where a detective goes to a mansion and there are eight people because when you have a new revelation 
the private detective just goes and has different conversations and interactions with people. In the setting of a courtroom, it just feels weird. And I, I just can't get over that, James. And that could just be my my drawback. But I, yeah, it still just rubs me the wrong way. I really like this narrative idea of having characters trying to work together to like piece together the logical truth. Um, but I it's think not, it works. that's not how the court system works though, James. It's just not how it works. Yeah, I mean, it's because the courts are stupid. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that is a fair point. The courts are stupid, but the whole thing is stupid. Yeah, it yeah. is. You just, you just got to turn your brain off and enjoy, and I get that, but... I think it's a problem and a perspective worth worth bringing to you and something that people might get irritated by if they think this is a game about a lawyer. I think we're kind of hitting the point where we really want to talk about cases in detail. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to talk about, spoiler-free, before we go into conclusions, before we get to talk about the good stuff? Because that's where I, where I really want to go. I think the the final thing I want to bring up is the value of the kind of like uniqueness of this gameplay um you know we a lot of the time like if you play a first person shooter or whatever people have been iterating on the first person shooter genre for years and years and years and years and years and and there's thousands and thousands of them out there with heaps of different flavors ace attorney is a very unique experience that you can have. People have not been iterating on this concept endlessly. There's been a little bit, but for the most part, it's still, playing it today is still one of the only ways you can have this kind of experience. So even though I'm critical of what a lot is offered, I just want to say I think it gets a lot of points for just being something... you know, these puzzles and the way it unfolds and everything for just being something unique. Like, uh, if you can't experience it by playing another similar game, then it has a lot more value as a game for you to pick up and try today. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, One last note for me um, is that I've played this game before. um, Mm -hmm. And although playing it again, I basically knew the the ending to every case already these cases are so complex that i completely forgot like 80 percent of the interim bits like the bits in the middle um how all of the uh all of the evidence was used and in what context like there's just there's too many gears turning in each of these cases to remember it all other than you know knowing who did it or who was innocent and who was guilty that like large big picture stuff um so i actually still got a heap of enjoyment out of this game um on my second playthrough because you know i was i'd forgotten so much of it and it only been a couple years um i think that there is absolutely something to say for a linear game still being quite enjoyable on a second playthrough um given you know (laughs) enough time between playthroughs (laughs) yeah and if you buy the trilogy today you get three full games so yeah i don't think you're gonna run out of ace attorney to play and there's there's like six games total so the 
I, I feel like the replayability is less relevant nowadays. If you've got six whole fucking games to play through, you're kind of set. Just play those first. So to conclude briefly before we go on to more major story things, um, and I want to say that I think that largely the story's pretty good, and I really appreciate how all of the prior cases kind of work together to build on themselves, um, especially in the fourth case where it feels like uh, is accumulation of everything prior. Um, I think this game's pretty good. I think that Patrick is absolutely right when he says the investigation segments are heinous, um, and that you're probably better off just looking a walkthrough for these. But the actual, the courtroom sections of this game are just so good that I would recommend it to anybody who likes over-the-top drama um, and crazy, zany, wild murder mysteries. I think it's a really fun experience, um, you know, 50% of the game time. And I think that it's so good, it easily you know, overshadows those shitty investigation segments. So I do recommend Ace Attorney 1. So uh, in short, I also recommend Ace Attorney 1. Um, you just need to be very wary of your expectations heading in. This is a visual novel. You are here for the ride. Don't get tricked into thinking you're a defense lawyer. Don't get tricked into thinking that you're going to be making a case or anything. Don't get tricked into making this shit make sense. Just... Turn your brain off and enjoy it and have fun with it because that's how you got to enjoy this game. And if you do that, you'll have a great time. The more you start to think about it, the more you'll get irritated by it. So don't do that. I mean, the bits where you get to turn your brain off are the best bits, Patrick. Um, we get to talk about that now. Um, okay, let's have a music break, James. What, what piece uh, of music did you want to go with? Okay, so I spent a while looking through all of the different music tracks. Um... And my favorite, it's its hard because for a music break, I want to pick a good piece of music, but I feel like half of these like minute long themes are just good for like in like a contextually good, like they're awesome in conjunction with what's going on, but less so as a, you know, a standalone piece of music. Although I have to say that despite that, I think the the theme that plays in the courtroom lobby at the start of each case is brilliant. I I, I love listening to it. It's got you know, it's really it's like calm before the storm, but also really suspenseful at the same time. Um, so I think it's really great. Um, so this is the courtroom lobby theme. courtroom lobby i think it's a fantastic piece of music to go along with the rest of the great soundtrack um patrick finally get to talk about spoilers where do you want to start dude there is only one place to start there is literally only one place to start and that is case four when you call the parrot to the stand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i actually i actually burst out laughing at that point that was in a game with a lot of funny moments, that was definitely the funniest and and one I I truly did enjoy. I remember um, that. Did you see it coming? 
Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. I I thought the parrot was gonna be exclusively used as a piece of evidence, yeah. and he would use it as a piece of evidence. And then when when he said you may as well call the parrot to the stand, I'm like, here we go, here we fucking. But the way go. it's presented, it's so perfect. It's like the 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 enemy prosecutor is like, what are you gonna do? Call his parrot to the stand? And then there's like this pause, and he's like actually <laughs> and then and then you're like yes i would like to he goes objection and it's like but you said i could call the parrot to this then you yourself quoted and so just like you really want to do this and you're uh, like i guess yeah so and it's not even like when it's actually on the stand it's not even that stupid like it's not like the parrot tells you everything it's like it gives you these key phrases that you cleverly map to the victim's life like i mm. that whole section was great yeah i um that was probably the highlight of the entire game, entire game. Which, <laughs> well which is, which is funny because i've spent a lot of time in this review saying that um i didn't like the silly stuff but that's not quite accurate that's not it's, true it, it's not that i didn't like the silly and fun stuff it's just that i only enjoyed them like in the immediate moment like, I enjoyed them in the immediate moment, but whenever I took a step back to try and, you know, put together what was going to happen next, it all just was, was uh, I don't know, a step too far for me. Any time the game wanted me to take it seriously, I was like, fuck off. Like, just fuck off. Any time it wanted to jerk my heartstrings, any time it wanted to have these dramatic moments, I'm like, I was interviewing a fucking parrot on the stand. Uh, me and the opposing lawyer were working to take down, uh, were working to defend my client. Like the the prosecuting lawyer was literally defending my client, and that happened frequently, particularly as you move to late parts. The, of the first game. time that happens, and Edgeworth starts like helping you. I thought that was great. It was like I agree. I, I really liked that. Like it was like his character coming around from being this hard ass prosecutor to revealing that he really cares about the truth like that was cool i think i think think... it worked exactly once i I think that you could you can pull off that trick once and then he should get some kind of punishment for it and so on and so forth but it it just kept going further and further in that direction i think edgeworth the prosecutor is probably the best character in the game um you don't think so well okay there's there's a difference between um, best character and favorite character, I guess. And my favorite character was definitely Baron von Karma. I liked his <laughs> yeah. a lot, <laughs> uh, particularly at the start where he says, "All right, Judge, you're going to do this, then this, and this." And it was quite. And quite he's just funny. like he snaps his finger constantly. He's like, "Do it now!" Yeah, yeah. I think von Karma's great. He's really entertaining, a, a like, worthy I, opponent. Uh, yeah. Whereas Edgeworth, like I said, the. Edgeworth's character didn't I just didn't care man like I just I just did not care I think the first time he's pretty intimidating and then he softens up as the game goes on I think that's fine he has like he changes a bit and that's good for the game's story um there was like you said earlier that that none of the emotional moments hit for you um that wasn't the case for me there was like there was two specific instances that hit me pretty hard a couple times the first was in case four, um, when you're trying to figure out why the murderer did what he did. Um, and there's this bit where you're reading through the the evidence and it's like, what happened was there was a murder that happened like 10 years ago and this character was falsely accused 
and his defense attorney successfully argued him out of it, got him an innocent verdict, um, but his attorney didn't believe him and used this really, like, underhanded way where he convinced the judge that the guy's faculties weren't all there. Um, and because of this, like, his wife left him and committed suicide and his whole life went to shit. Um, I thought that was great. I thought that, like... This character's a piece of shit, but I kind of felt for him. Like, that whole situation was garbage. Um, and then I think the second one that got me, and this was a twist I completely forgot about, but I thought it was the best twist in the whole game, um, was that bit in the last trial where, like, all of a sudden you realize you're, like, all of the evidence you're putting together is about to paint your assistant as the murderer. Like... When that all comes well, together it at once, because, so here's the thing: you're not the the this is a sh this is the shit that irritates me, man. They say, well, yeah, even if it's accidental, it's still murder, and I was like, that's literally not what murder is. Do you <laughs> like that's literally not the definition of murder. You can't accidentally murder someone um, unless you're acting in a way to you know dangerously wound them. It was ju it's just an accident. Like you're not yeah. you're not even going to go to jail for that in that case. Probably. Uh, you're not. Well, I think Manslaughter is a pretty what, what it, pretty. what is it that happened? Like it was the power was off, and there was a person with a knife, and she leapt forward at them when they're having a struggle with one another, and pushed what him did into she think a, happened? Pushed him into a sword. Into or a sword. She, yeah. she thought that you know, in the midst of two people trying having a knife fight, she went forward, and she's a little girl. She puts a hand on someone and impales them by jumping at them. Maybe, maybe you get some jail time, but it's not <laughs> like it's not like she did anything really bad, and it certainly isn't murder. And they were trying to portray it as if they were. It's it's the little details that kept irritating me about this shit, James. Like once again, turn your brain off and enjoy it, and maybe it's more enjoyable. But for me, I just kept getting irritated. Sorry, you say something. I I have some more complaints that I'll get to shortly. So, the biggest problem story wise for me, um, is that I think that, and this is goes back to this idea of not all of the emotional moments hitting right. Um, I think the biggest problem in the game is that there is one case too few. Uh, specifically, I think there needs to be a case between the tutorial and the second case um, in order to develop some kind of relationship between the player character um, and Mia Fey, who is murdered. It's like you talk to this character like exactly like twice ever, and then she gets murdered and you have to feel bad about that. Like, I don't I didn't care, right? Like, I don't know mm -hmm. this character. They just, you know, it's bad that they die. And apparently, I've been told in the later games, they kind of give you some cases, with, like flashback cases with her to rectify this. Mm -hmm. um, but if there was one extra case that had, like, a bunch of slice-of-life dialogue with Mia that may gave her characterization, this would have worked for me so much better. Like, I think, like, the fact that it's like the first major case is just a huge mistake i think yeah i i mean i agree i'm not saying maybe maybe you're right you're definitely right that that is a problem um because i certainly didn't care either 
would some more cases where she was working by the side, my side help me? Probably. I, I don't know if it would have tipped me over the edge into caring, but I can see how it would move the needle in that direction. You can at least, like, buy it more. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, that's fair. I can buy the relationship if they spend some more time together. Um, let's let's talk about some more reasons I dislike case four and five, if that's okay. Sure. I think so they're I th- the best cases by far, by the so way. I, like- I, I think the number one problem is what happens immediately when you meet your wit- your the person you're defending, which is that they don't want you to defend them and they don't tell you what happened. Yeah. And that's yeah. what happens in both cases. They don't... And it's I like, think it's fine in so- case five... No, it's not fine in case five because she could, she could have pleaded guilty. She could have pleaded guilty, but no, she, and she gives you help along the way. Like she she gives you she literally gives you pieces of evidence to help you. So she's kind of in this weird space where she's like, "Oh, I'm not allowed to tell you. I'm not allowed to help you, but I am going to help you. But I'm yeah, not going to okay. plead guilty. But also, I'm going to be. I maybe tell you some things." And I thought it was a complete mess in service of wanting to tell this story. I think I, I can buy it in case five. I plead guilty then. It doesn't work in the game. Then the game the game just ends. Uh, okay, so let, let's let's talk about this because if she's in a position where she's being blackmailed, and if she says, if she you know if she doesn't do what she's told, and you know admits to her guilt. Why doesn't she just plead guilty? There is no reason for her not to plead guilty. She could at very least have given us something. She could have said, I want you to defend me. Or um, the the guy, there's a person blackmailing me and he wants there to be a show trial. So I can't tell you the details. You're going to need to figure it out yourself. But no, we get nothing. And it doesn't make internal sense. And I found it really irritating. I found it more irritating that phoenix just didn't ask edgeworth what happened on the boat that yeah. was way more annoying to me than any of that um i i was completely fine with like not thinking too hard about the thing with lana but that bit with edgeworth like just not asking him what happened was just like that's ridiculous yeah and and that i have to say with case four and five that really annoyed me case three on the other hand your guy, your client went to sleep and then woke up after the fact and he didn't know what was going on and you were defending him because he was innocent and it made sense. And that's what I liked. I didn't like this weird ambiguity where you didn't know what your client did and you didn't ask them and you didn't get the obvious answers. And the reason I think that is is because they wanted to tell this story and if they had told you those things immediately then the story twists wouldn't have been enjoyable, right? If you got that information, then they wouldn't have been able to drop it at the opportune yeah, time. So it would have been a, a mistake shot. to tell you, right? It depends what you're trying to get after the get out of the game. If you're trying to get, I'm a lawyer and I'm defending my client, it's very irritating because it doesn't make any sense. And that is a like a storytelling failure. If on the other hand, you're trying to tell a story and your hands off and you're not paying attention to what the fact that you're a lawyer, that you're defending a client, and none of that matters, then sure. And that's the central contradiction <laughs> that seems to... that is my central problem that I have with this game. Yeah, because I literally don't care like okay. how much sense it makes. Um, to me, 
it could make a lot less sense than it already does and i would probably still enjoy it if the if the twists and turns were enjoyable enough like to me the parrot section was incredible um but almost equally incredible to me was the in the same case there's this part where you have this metal detector um and you use it you know to find something metal at the start and then it sits in your inventory for like a couple of days mm -hmm. and then like right at the end it becomes like relevant again and you're like holy shit i can't believe all that was foreshadowing and it's just a <laughs> fucking bullet in von karma's shoulder i i it's actually like... had to look up a walkthrough for that because i didn't even conceive of the idea of using a metal detector on a human being i just uh didn't didn't join the dots i i presented the um the a couple of other pieces of evidence first and I, I couldn't get it but but like like i said i i feel like i'm repeating myself at this point but i i enjoyed it whenever i was doing it and the music starts playing and we get you know he starts making his declaration and tapping his tap you know tapping his finger saying this directly contradicts this and um i i love it like i i really do but um yeah, man, I just kept getting sucked out whenever I started thinking about it, and I it's really hard for me to reconcile those two things. Okay, so something I wanted to talk about before we gave our verdict, um, mm -hmm. but I, it's just, like, fucking impossible to talk about without specifics, um, is the witnesses. Um, so in Ace Attorney, most of the main characters, like, they're over the top, but they're not, like, living jokes, Lots of the witnesses are living jokes. Like, their whole existence is a joke. Um, for example, the director in Case 3, who talks in late speak for some reason, and mm -hmm. is just a huge meme. Like, that's his entire character. Um, I think that the sprite work and the over-the-top animations matches with this kind of character. And I think that Ace Attorney often struggles with the fine line between having an entertaining over-the-top character, someone like Von Karma, for example, who was absolutely over-the-top but great mm -hmm. and fun, um, and, somewhat, and characters that are just outright annoying, like the director or the, the small child. Um, the old lady, um, I thought she was not the worst case of this, like somebody like April May, the very first uh, the witness at the second case like the girl yep. in the pink yep. um r red white the villain larry um some of these characters are really annoying um and i think that there's like a really fine line that they have to skirt here because i think they can absolutely have good characters that you know are over the top and you know not super annoying like one of like my favorite bits was that in case two, there is this like butler who works at a hotel and he's just, you know, he's, he's a manservant. He walks around the hotel with this silver platter uh, and some, you know, a tea set on top of it. And obviously, because the studio was too lazy to redraw his sprite, when he appears as a witness, he's still like holding the stupid silver platter and the teacups, you know, while he's giving his testimony. And to me, that was that was the line, like where it was funny and stupid, but you know, it wasn't stepping over to annoying. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. Excellent point. Well made. I I agree. I think that there are some characters. Um, what, is Red White the um the the Western guy? No, Red White's the guy who kills Mia. The 
the guy covered in gold rings. Oh, um, right. Pink. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say another one that annoyed me was the guy who was like a Western cowboy. Cowboy. Yeah. Because every single sentence he spoke was a, you know, was an anachronism, you know, referring to his motorbike as a steed, etc., etc., for every single sentence. And. I don't know, maybe some people find this kind of shit endearing, but to me it's almost like lazy character writing because you're like, well, what is he? Well, he's a cowboy, so he's going to have every sentence be cowboy-like, and that's his character. You're like, okay, I'm unimpressed. When um, when you first meet him, he goes through his, like, five animations or whatever, and one of them's, like, him shaving his beard with this knife, <laughs> and, like, later on in the case, it's like... You stabbed him with a weapon, right? And he goes back to that animation. He's like, this one? I thought that was funny. It was like right in your face the whole time. Um, I think that they can do better than they did in this game. Uh, I think that something that saves it a lot is that even if the character is two-dimensional, if that character's witness testimony and like gameplay in the court sections is really good, then I like that character a lot more, mm-hmm. um, even if I didn't like them during the investigations. Like my my example for this is Officer Meekins, who is this like way too. Um, oh my god! Fucking hate it. He's just he's just way too eager police officer. Um, that's super loud and you know just naive and that kind of thing. Um, and his courtroom scene with the videotape. Um, and in this game, you know, you might know because you're listening to the spoiler section, but the the fifth case was added for the DS version and uses a lot of the DS's functionality. So they added all these mechanics, like a videotape that you get to scrub back and forth and stop. And I thought that video section was really good because the video had all of this stuff in it that I completely missed the first time I viewed it. And only when, you know, each time I had to go relook at it, I saw the new detail. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, I thought Meekins was a fine character because of his gameplay uh, was good. Um, even though he was, you know, kind of annoying the first time I met him, I warmed up to him a lot after the case. Yeah, so, sorry, I'm just going to be annoying and just bring up another issue because you've just reminded me what the fuck was that whole part of the game? Like where you're investigating the murder committed by Inspector Meekums? Because that's the kind of thing I was like, what What am I even doing anymore? Because he was arrested for murder when there was no body found and there was no evidence that he'd killed anyone. And in fact, he was unconscious at the time. Like, what? can you explain that to me? That whole section, like I get that the person he supposedly assaulted was, you know, was the person who was found dead. But why are you having a court case about that when you're not investigating him at all? Um, It's because Goodman was relevant to the trial at hand, right? Um, I remember pretty distinctly that the judge was like, you better have a good reason for going down this path. Okay, yeah, because... It felt like, yes, obviously this needs to be investigated, but he shouldn't have been arrested for attempted murder or whatever it was. And uh, yeah, once again, I'm, this is this is the kind of thing where I, I, was, I would get confused, James, because I was 
like the the example you gave, the video evidence was really cool, and I think you raise a good point about it making the character feel you know far less annoying, particularly since he's annoying in his animation, but he was kind of like more heroic in um in the video. So yeah. you kind of saw a different side to the character than what was presented. Yeah, it, I I was just like I was I was deeply confused <laughs> by how that whole section came to be. I guess yeah, and we've gone through this. So that's the key yeah, sure. thing, right? Like if you care about the details too much, you're gonna not enjoy the game as much. But you still enjoyed it, right? Yes. Every time I was in the trial, I I was into it, man. I was loving it. I was I was I was having fun. That's a dirty word. <laughs> I know, I know, but but I was. It was enjoyable. It just um, didn't feel very lawyery to me. And that's why I liked Case 3. Because Case 3 did, for the most part, did feel very, you know, like a standard court trial. And I, I enjoyed that part of it more. Where someone was trying to defend their client and I, I was trying to defend my client and the person was trying to prosecute them. I kind of resent that case because it's got the worst investigation in the whole game by far. Like you just walk around so yes, much. I agree with that, and that's that was the one where I was like, I'm just using a walkthrough. Yeah, like I just, I just I, I can't like, be bothered with this. Yeah, yeah, and that kind of soured the whole thing for me. I thought that the actual trial bit in that game was excellent. Um, mm. I thought the the producer, the person who ends up being the murderer, was a one of the best characters. One of the best characters, yeah. yeah Apart from so. that one section in the trailer where the mafia appears and then disappears instantly. What do you mean? That was the heroic detective gumshoe. That's true, the heroic detective gumshoe. So yeah, characters are hit or miss. Although for the most part, like because their gameplay works, it doesn't end up mattering too much in the grand scheme of things. Um, yeah. Who are your favorite characters, Patrick? Well, my favorite characters were my favorite one was definitely Baron von Karma. I just liked his um his air of command, and he felt like a um a prosecutor boss, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's like we've gone through the tutorial one, we've gone through Edgeworth. Now we're getting to Edgeworth's mentor, like the most formidable opponent. And um, I liked D Vasquez, who was the who was the producer. I thought she was um I thought she was excellent. Uh. And it felt, she felt smart. She felt like, you know, she was cleverly constructing a testimony and you were trying to outwit her. Uh, I think those were, those were my two standout characters that I enjoyed the most. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I didn't like either of the assistants. I found both of them annoying. Even though, once again, in fairness, there are a couple of things they said that made me laugh. But for the most part, I don't really think they added much to the game. I like Maya a lot. I think Emma, she was too similar. Like, they were trying to go the whole science route with her, but she still had, she was still this, like, really upbeat, like, overly positive character, which, you know, I liked Maya a lot for. Like, those scenes um, during Case 3, the Steel Samurai, where she was just gushing about the TV show or talking about, like, food constantly. Those are all really fun. Uh, I liked having a character like that accompany me through the game. Were you, were you off put by any of the psychic bits? Because I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, why, why, is, why is there someone commuting with the dead in my lawyer game? <laughs> like, once again, I was just like, I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> Aren't we aren't we in the realm of realm of evidence and logic, not you know magic? It it just I seemed think, like a strange fit to me. 
It was a bit weird. I think that there's a fine line that they crossed a couple of times where they, like, she almost solves one of the cases for you and that felt really, like, the way Turnabout Sisters ends is really, like, it's just a big nothing because of that. Um, I thought that it kind of hurt uh, me figuring things out with the evidence. Um, mm -hmm. But otherwise it was fine. Um, I know it sticks around and probably becomes more of a thing in the later games, um, but that's for another, that's a discussion for another time. Um... <laughs> I my favorite characters were Meyer and Edgeworth. Um Von Karma uh, I thought Gant was pretty good, the police chief for the most part. Like I really liked his demeanor um and how he could go from there was this one pose where he was like where often the text would pause and you I hated it. You hated I, it? I hated that pausing text because I'm trying to if you press like um, I think it was B or if you press A B rapidly, you just get to go back. Like you don't need to wait for the text to scroll across the screen. I, I guess I read pretty quickly because I'm just mashing as fast as I can to get through. Like I'm reading it, but I'm just trying to get through the text quickly. Visual novels are very slow. Like if you read a lot of books, visual novels are slow, and mm -hmm. having to pause and not be able to advance the text box i found really irritating yeah but that moment of pause is like this moment of like menacing right like it's i kept it's thinking like... my game was bugging out though i was like why isn't this working why is i was like oh i have to i have to wait for him to blink twice i'd accuse you of being a speed reader but obviously you were bothered by all the fine details so that's not the case i'm, I'm not i i can't <laughs> speed read i know people can do that i would just describe myself as a fast reader and visual novels are not fast to read like the amount of book you get read in a visual novel for your time spent on it is so little like they're mm -hmm. very slow just because of the nature of what they're like it actually annoys me i kind of wish there was a version of visual novels that just like dumped a bunch of text on the screen like instead of it being a sentence at a time it just dumped a couple of paragraphs and you could more easily go through it at your own pace. I think there are a bunch of older ones that are like that, where you have a like a big, where the way it's presented is like there's the background image, and then yep. there's a huge wall of text in front of oh, it. Oh, I love that. I love walls of text. <laughs> Give it <laughs> to me, honestly. I do like it because it lets me read it at my own speed. Uh, the way visual novels are set up, there's like a cap on how quickly you can get through it so mm, it is true i i don't mind that i i find the slower pace to be more immersive like it just the rate of conversation just makes sense for characters not mm. me blasting through the text um well so just in my defense i don't want to blast through it it's just i think my conversation pace i have in my head is faster than what's presented than i'm, I'm not fine. just trying to rush i don't want you to think i'm trying to like rush through, <laughs> the, through the game i'm not i'm not trying to speed run the game it's just the game generally gives you one sentence at a time i think a paragraph at a time would be better mm. anything else jimmy um that's about it like i i've already said i love this game i probably play it again in the future even though i've already gone through it twice play the other games james i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely gonna one. gonna go through the rest first um i've uh i started two and the thing that's jarring me the most is they changed all the music even though a lot of the art's the same and it's just Oof. it's not as good and it's upsetting me um yeah that, i just so wouldn't good. play it <laughs> the music's <laughs> the main reason to play the game james yeah 
those those segments where you object and like there's the blue rushing lines behind his character and it's like oh shit yeah the music the kicks off of knots yeah all right yeah. should we do final impressions then james we already did it's a good game patrick okay let, let me you let can me do it re- again i uh no you're probably right people know what i think by now um just if you just play this game and you go in and you know it's a visual novel and you don't pay attention to the fact that your guy's a lawyer it'll be fine and you'll have a fun time and you'll get caught up in the moments but there are a lot i think there are like so many big picture issues with this plot that just it's like i'm covered in like leeches and i'm just like scratching myself all the time that stop me you know sitting back and relaxing and enjoying it um yeah, stupid game, but a fun one. That's probably a yeah. good way to put it. Yeah, it's got a lot of problems, but at the end of the day, like, where else are you going to get this experience if not this series, right? And I think yeah. that the uh, it's definitely a worthwhile one to have. So yeah, that is uh, that's Ace Attorney one. Yeah, uh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Thank you everyone for taking the time to listen to us ramble on about Phoenix Wright. Ace Attorney today. James and I make up the Retrospectors podcast. Each and every fortnight, we review these classic games and deliver a verdict on whether they've stood the test of time. And I'm pleased to say that Phoenix Wright has stood the test of time, and you should definitely check it out. Um, You can find all of our content on our website, which is rspodcast.net. It's got links to every episode we've done, um, a bunch of articles that James and I have written, and links to all of our social media stuff. The most important of which is, of course, our Discord server. James and I enjoy talking and arguing about games more than anything else, which you may have picked up on if you've been listening for the past couple of hours. And we'd love for you to drop by and continue the conversation on our Discord server, whether it's to complain about an opinion we have or make a recommendation for a game that we should cover on the show. Um, So yeah, head on to our Discord server. We'll include a link in the show notes so that you can go there directly. So James... That concludes this episode, and now it's time for an episode of my choosing. So, the game that we are doing next fortnight is Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. What? So... This is going backwards, Patrick, although I guess that's kind of on theme for this series. Absolutely, it's about rewinding back in time. So, Ugh. way... Th- this is a season of sequels, because we um, we've done the sequel to Doom 1 not too long ago with Doom 2, and now we're doing the prequel, or the sequel... No, it is a prequel, to Prince of Persia, Warrior Within, which we covered in episode 3. So, we're going back in time to Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, which was the second 3d prince of persia after an atrocious outing that um is better left forgotten prince of persia 3d so in addition to that this is going to be a special episode we're having a guest on so there's this podcast i listened to called philosopher raga and i hope i pronounced that correctly it's a philosophy and video games podcast hosted by chris durston and um, it's a really fantastic show. I'll, I'll chuck a link to it in the notes. He basically takes a philosophical concept or school of thought and then explains it using video games as an example. So it kind of breaks down these philosophical concepts in ways that are you know easy to understand and relatable. And I've always liked philosophy, but it can be very intimidating. Like there's a lot going on, but he does a great job explaining it. 
and um, we had a discussion on him coming onto the show, and uh, he wanted to do Prince of Persia: Sands of Time because it uses a very interesting method of narrative. So, James, I really hope you enjoy it a bit more than uh, Warrior Within. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the deep philosophy of Warrior Within, and I'm like, why? Why would he choose this series? <laughs> yeah, well, the um, um, I I think the key is that um. It's not a his podcast isn't about the philosophy of video games. It's more using video games as a medium to explain philosophy. So it's first and foremost a philosophy podcast. It's just easy to understand and relatable. So um, it just ticks all the boxes for me. All I'm hearing, Patrick, is that in this season of sequels, we should be doing Banjo Tooie. <laughs> no, no, James. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but just be prepared for me to criticize the music once more. So good. Oh. <laughs> 66 so, um, episodes later and he still hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you everyone for listening and uh, we'll see you next fortnight for Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. <laughs>